Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me as always is my dear friend, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How you doing, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? It is. And every time we do one of these, you say it's a holiday, and I think that means that you probably just don't work enough that, you know, always on, always on the sly, I think they call it. That's a vicious lie. <laughs> well, tonight is uh, another special night because we have another very special guest. Um, I won't bring up what movie we're going to watch yet, but I will say in advance that uh, Ashley Davis uh, is joining us, and she brought us a movie. I said, let's talk about something that has to do with martial arts um, or, you know, Bushido code, something like that. And uh, I think she brought a real winner. We'll get back to that in a second. But Ashley uh, is on the uh, Fan Friction Show on YouTube. Um, I know I've watched a few uh, sometimes doing what, maybe like the checking and sometimes competing. You tell me about that. Yes, the show is called Fan Friction, and we're on uh, the Tough channel. And I do a lot of the fact-checking when people are bringing up their arguments. You know, sometimes people, you know, mistakenly say something or just sometimes they're just something that's a little questionable, so I look that up. And then I've competed uh, several times as well, so uh, both very challenging uh, to do, but very fun as well. Oh, that's cool. And one of our last, um, not our last podcast, but the one before in September, we had Brian Hurst on, which we know he is, of course, a champion. Yes, and I had to fight him one time, and I was so scared. I had to fight him versus uh, Hector, and I did not get a lot of sleep that night. I barely had time to prep for the fights, and I just I just knew how fierce he was. And, of course, Hector, this is kind of what he does all the time. And But then like I surprisingly did really well in that episode, and Brian still likes to bring up the fact that he didn't get a point at all. <laughs> But he's, he's, he's a good dude, so it's cool. Yeah, he's awesome. And all for one to say, I hope you aren't doing any fact-checking today because I am not <laughs> guaranteeing a single thing I say or do in this podcast is going to be true or validatable. That's all right. Yeah, we no longer uh, dishonor ourselves with facts or really reason for that matter. <laughs> it's true. All right, so the movie we are going to talk about, uh, I'd like to point out uh, – I pair my movie talk with a beer tonight i'm having i'm actually in seattle but i'm having a beer from my hometown of portland oregon i'm having the orbiter ipa from ecliptic because i was in the mood for that and the movie we're going to be talking about they don't have any beer at all but they're a bunch of cool ninja turtles the teenage mutant ninja turtles 1990 lee how about you what are you having to drink i uh am drinking a little perrier i uh just got off work so I was going to just sit here and chill out. Do you have your pinky in the air and the Perrier and a nice yeah. uh, wine flute? I, I was looking for my monocle, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I've been rushing things. All right, so this movie, uh, I had never seen it before. Um, well, I had. I can't say that. I had never seen it as an adult or as a, mm-hmm. as a thinking human. I had watched it uh, 1990 is when I graduated high school. So I remember going to see it with a girlfriend and, and not really paying much attention at all to the awesome super um animatronic effects that were the uh henson studios um i will uh i will start with our guests as always i'd love to just get your feelings on the movie uh this is something i think near and dear to you what do you what do you think 
Yes, I love the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw it as a child. I remember my friend Josh and I, we saw the commercial, you know, hanging out like after school or whatever. And we just like jumped up and down with joy that they were making a Ninja Turtles movie. We just could not believe that our favorite cartoon was going to be on the big screen. And I saw it several times in the theater in the 90s and I, just, I still love it to this day, even, you know, as an adult looking back on some of the things are a little cheesy filmmaking wise, but I think the story still has a lot of heart. And I think it's just uh, pretty great for like what it achieved in the 90s when, you know, not all comic book movies were, you know, it could be Batman. There was a lot of uh, misfires and this definitely had the potential to be a misfire, but I think it kind of set the stage for things that would become popular later on just in its time. Uh, you know, those things did not uh, come to fruition just yet because I don't think the world was quite ready for the super dark and gritty that it was trying to be, but at the same time, uh, comedic. Yeah. Again, I just, I love this movie. I watch it all the time, every year, more than once. So it's one of my favorites. I I love the violence, Um, just to be said. You said it like most of the 80s stuff. uh, Maybe there was a lot of violence there. I don't know. But Lee... Uh, I know you're also uh, uh, of the time when uh, these guys meant a great deal. What do you think? Oh yeah, man this this movie. I was born in '83, so this like that when that cartoon came out, that like touched my soul, you know. And uh, I mean, I still know the theme song to this day. Oh and yeah. So when this when this came out, hey, wait, was, wait, you can't just say that and not oh, sing okay. it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtle and a half shell. Turtle power. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's like one of the best theme songs ever. I I just love it so much. I was also born in 83, so yeah, we're definitely of the same generation. (laughs) Yes, brought up by the ninjas. And this kind of set a trend of like every movie after that in the kids' realm was some kind of uh, ninja themed movie where it was like a team up um like there's three ninjas they had several of those movies surf ninjas which had uh ernie reyes jr in it who was in the second uh, ninja turtles and just yeah whole theme of ninja stuff from the 90s <laughs> i uh i was gonna say um yeah yeah i was like seven when it came out I was absolutely overjoyed. I remember like making my folks uh, put it on Oprah <laughs> because they were showing, and it was in my birthday, and it was on. And then it's like it's so cool because they could actually wear the costumes and go be on Oprah, and it was just like it. It was. Uh, I mean, you. There's a lot of things that might have had a bigger impact, like um, from a financial standpoint. Uh, and from like a from just like affecting the population, but for my generation, I don't think there are very few things that can ever really compare to uh, how the teenage mutant materials affected people of my age in particular. And um, when when uh, Ashley says the the comic book side of it, that's that's really the most interesting part, right? Is that Um, they come out with an independent film that's a comic book film uh, and uh, it uh, they they do exactly what the Predator did what the Watchmen did and what Deadpool did all are rated R by the way and that is they stuck to the story that people love they relied on the story 
to sell it. And obviously it's a kid's movie, so it's going to have elements that are tailored more to children and the ever problematic child actor. But the, the ultimate, the ultimate thing is, is that when you watch that movie, especially if you watch the cartoon series first and then watch the movie, they were very much in line with that, with that, uh, with that series. And it, it was just done beautifully. And, uh, I mean, I mean, we can't go on without even mentioning the NES game. I mean, that was, I mean, that, and the arcade version of that was like, I mean, that ruined people's childhoods for years. <laughs> oh, yes. And the NES game, the first one, that horrible level in the sewer where you have to go, uh, like disengage all of those bombs that Shredder like planted in the in the sewer system. I hated that level. I could not pass that level without cheating uh, with a game genie and putting in all the codes. And I, to this day, I've never beaten the NES uh, Ninja Turtles, and it's just oh, that was a frustrating game. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I uh, I was gonna say I, I I mean I can remember like 1999. I am like I'm renting a room from my friend's mom. I'm like working. I'm 16. Um, I'm doing I'm doing uh, adult substances, and uh, we'd play that game. I mean, we we would still to this day play that game. I mean, it was it touched people. I mean, it's 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 a really addictive game. I mean, beating Bebop and Rocksteady never felt so good as when you do it every time. You're just like, yes, it was great beating Rocksteady and Bebop. Yeah. Um, so Definitely. I'm watching this and I'm kind of, I mean, I've obviously always known these guys, but I'm sort of new to it. I already mentioned, I thought it was really great to see. It's it's more or less an 80s movie, even though it's released in the 90s. I think mm-hmm. they started actually filming it in 89, but it still had all the feel of like a real 80s movie. Um, in fact, the same kind of thing, my, my kid thought that the um, Garbage Pail Kids was absolutely delicious. And I watched that a ton of times and I feel... Like, they really... I know that you guys are just going to kill me on... It was, they're very similar in there. The grittiness of the city and the ugliness of the animation and the animatronics and stuff. I don't know. I, I could I could see a mashup. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Garbage Pail Kids, but I've only, like, heard of it, so... Oh, it's so good. I cannot, sp- I cannot speak to that, to that situation. <laughs> the tools of the story are the same, but the actual... Uh, you couldn't be any more wrong. I mean, the the gritty city was always kind of a theme in the eighties, anyway. Yeah, yeah, and that was definitely quintessential New York in the early nineties before uh, Giuliani cleaned everything up. I mean, that was like a you know supposed to be a scary place, and I think they kind of represented that pretty well with the all the the crime wave and all of the things going on inexplicably by this band of ninjas. You know, <laughs> yeah. I thought the crime wave was actually quite funny. It was like because he pits pickpockets the guy and he's just like sitting there, leaning on the wall, minding his own yes. business. And then like the hand of the grown up hand of the ninja in a non pedophilic way grabs the wall <laughs> from him. And then and then like the TV, the old lady's on their on their thing with the TV because she Turns. obviously doesn't have air conditioning. And boom, he's just like that was it's ridiculous. just like a very funny just <laughs> like there was nothing stealthy about the grab, you know? No, and, like, no, and he's just putting it in a truck right there, right? Yeah. Or the guy that went to go make the delivery, he leaves his truck wide open. They all know that this crime wave is happening. Turns back and his whole like supply of whatever he was delivering is totally gone it's like okay like how many people were like 
in on this. There is no way that there was not a witness to this crime. It's so ridiculous. But when you're a little kid, you're like, oh, an Instrals movie. This is cool. You don't think of these uh, leaps in logic that don't quite hold up. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to point out one of the first notes I made is that these ninjas sure aren't very good fighters. (laughs) I mean, from the beginning, we got this crime wave. We've got him fighting. Um that one loses his, uh, what did he call it? The Psy. The Psy, yeah, the blocking his, sword. His name is Raphael. Go Raphael. On. Totally <laughs> yeah, loses Ra- it. He loses it in a fight, and then, you know. Uh... They're 15. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Exactly. I think we pretty much said about the same thing. Like, come on, it's a kid's movie for kids, and not everybody's the best at all times. Not everybody. Yeah. yeah. Although but... Master Splinter says that they're, like, nearing the end of their training. It's like, yeah, I think they need a few more lessons. <laughs> Hey, listen, a street kid beat up Raphael and made his head go in a trash can, and he got stuck, so he couldn't even get out to fight him back. So, end of training? Or end of what a rat can train someone to do? Splinter did the best he could with his, you know, his homeschool in the sewer, okay? I mean, he didn't have a lot of resources. It was the 90s. There was no internet, you know, in the sewer. So, that he did the best he could. <laughs> True. True. Uh, I I thought the the action sequences were quite quite fun and they were it's like you know they they had the violence and it wasn't like too gory but it wasn't like uh, what would come later on the Power Rangers where it's like so mm-hmm. clearly poorly done chore- the choreography is so poorly done it was it was still it was still a martial arts movie and then they were having fun with it you know they're having a good time and there were some jokes that were like just for kids but there was like one point when Donatello was like hey. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea for your friends to come down to this level like structurally mm-hmm. and then they jump down and they all fall through that that that's a pretty clever little line the way he sold it they the dialogue wasn't bad and you know we got the 80s hair out of April and uh and uh, Casey Jones you know they both have the same like shampoo for their hair <laughs> and uh and it was just it was a period piece that I think that a lot of kids movies could go back to not that I like I'm an authority on kids' movies because uh, I don't. I've never passed one past the goalie that I will acknowledge. Like, so I don't. I don't watch a lot of them, but I do watch a kid movie from time to time. And it, there's just something lost on the art of telling a good story and having fun. It was a fun movie. I was smiling all the way through it the first time I watched it and the last time I watched it. So okay, so uh, Casey Jones. Um, what's his actor's name? Uh, it's like uh, Elias Coteus, I think is how you, I don't know if you pronounce it that way, but I know that's his yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, how cool was it to see him? He looked so young and spunky, and I've only seen—I mean, I only knew him in his adult life as kind of a kind of a—he always plays like the really like strained, like having a very rough time, kind of like uh, executive or. Um, like soldier or somebody that's just not having a good time. So it was nice to see him just young, uh, fit, ready to battle. And he may have been better than any of them, right? Uh, Casey Jones is definitely a standout in that movie. And, and, you know, we only have two cinematic Casey Joneses. So he's definitely the stronger of the two. I mean, just like his introduction in the beginning of the movie when he fights Raphael in the park against yeah. the uh, street tough. So that's just one of my favorite sequences and uh, the classic line of, uh, like, he has, like, his baseball bat and Raphael's like a Jose Canseco bat. Tell me, you didn't pay money for this. And then, like, the whole <laughs> joke about, like, cricket, 
you have to like a you have something with a crumpet and a cricket. I can't remember that that line per se, but just the banter between those two and I they just have like a great you know on screen relationship as like antagonists and just a very strong char- human character in the movie. You have to know what a crumpet is to know what cricket is. Yes, <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, so we meet the turtles. Uh, I, obviously, up to this point, we had only met Raphael. We're not going to go step by step through this. I just uh, I made a note and I wanted to lead to it. Was that we have a scene where guys are dancing to tequila? I mean, I hadn't seen that since you know Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So I'm like, wow, tequila was big in the '80s, and I don't mean the booze. <laughs> Yeah, when they're supposed to be meditating and reflecting on their, uh, you know, battle, their first battle uh, of, of note, and then it's like, well, this is kind of like meditating, and Mikey's trying to order the pizza and interrupting Splinter's big speech about, like, guys, like, I'm your father figure, I'm not going to be around forever, y'all need to, like, learn to be on your own, of course, foreshadowing what happens later in the movie, but, yeah, that's yeah. a great little scene. All right, so um, my, we'll go to some favorite scenes here in a minute. Um, I did actually, I liked the movie. It's definitely not something that uh, I would have expected to like. They, there were some really long parts between all of the stuff we're talking about and the final battle. It was kind of one of, they did it in most of these like old movies. It followed a trope of everybody's kind of getting along. They're hanging out with the girl. Bad guys come back. Some stuff happens. Um, I, I really liked most of the characters. Um, one of my favorite scenes was um, the Enter the Dragon scene. Uh, I don't remember the name of the dude. I called him Sakura the whole time is why. but Because he, he reminded me of one of the characters from the Octagon. But, you know, it was uh, it was Shredder's underling, the big dude. But, Katsu. Uh, yeah, Katsu. He does the same thing. He whaps some dude in his head. He says, never take your eyes off your opponent. And we had just done Enter the Dragon last podcast. And I just thought that was freaking hilarious. I was like, yes. <laughs> but then my favorite, uh, my real favorite scenes are the the um, background, the backstory scenes. All those scenes of Splinter as that cute little rat in the gutter. I mean, I could have watched, it was like Albie the racist dragon from uh, Flight of the Concords. I could have just watched this cute rat with these little turtles in the gutter and, you know, hanging out with them. And he was he looked just adorable, really. <laughs> Actually, nice. how about you? Oh, it's so hard to pick a favorite scene because, again, I just love this movie so much. I really love when the turtles are being, like, you can really tell their teenage personalities are coming out. Like, in the Casey versus uh, Raphael fight in the park, like, uh, Raphael's, like, gloating about, uh, like, doing this whole baseball analogy of, like, he's won against Casey Jones and like, that's something that is such, like, a, a teenage thing to do and not, you know, like a trained ninja would, you know, get in and get out of the situation. He's like, oh, yes, I'm the best. And, you know, like, Raphael, like, everyone's cheering for him. And then that's when KC one-ups him. So that's definitely a, one of my favorite scenes if I had to choose just one. And you don't. Um, if you'll learn anything from Lee over time, okay. each person can have, like, five favorite scenes. So you awesome. can feel free to add on another or if you want me to pass it to Lee, let him throw somehow. We'll just uh, yeah. that's yeah, that's all we're doing. Yeah, let him throw some out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I would say uh, one that really stood out to me that I had forgotten about was um, they're in the middle of the fight scene in the store, 
and uh, Michelangelo. There's a there's a foot a, a clan footman guy that uh, he's got like some nunchucks, and Michelangelo steps up and he like adjusts his little uh, his little eye cover thing there, and he's all like a fellow chucker, eh? And then they start like doing like one ups, you know, and he and they mm-hmm. start one up one up each other, and then it like bursts into a fight. And I was like, yeah, that's. That's the kind of fun stuff that when you're a kid makes you want to go out and beat each other up in the front yard. Oh, that was so good. All right. Any 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 other ones you want to throw on right away? Uh, not really. I mean, for me, part of the thing was is that, uh, you know, they, it was an origin story, so they had to, like, kind of explain things. But, like, when you – as a kid who had been watching the cartoons, you already knew all the characters. And what kind of made it cool was that there was a character for every kid. Right. Everybody had their favorite Ninja Turtle. And um, and so when you when I I, like uh, Ashley said, when they start showing the ninjas, the the turtles individual characteristics, that's those are my favorite scenes. Yeah, it's good. You got a staff guy. You got a nunchuck guy, which was hilarious there. Um, I thought maybe it would be cool to have like a a blowgun guy. I thought that would have been awesome. You know, a little more stealthy, you know, some of that uh, sniper action. I don't know. It's probably heresy because you know you guys know all the characters so well. And in fact, I can't even tell you. It's their staff guy, nunchuck yeah, guy. That's, yeah, Donatello with the bow staff. Sai guy. Yeah, Raphael. Yeah, and what was the last guy? Leonardo, uh, Leonardo has ka- the katana, and Michelangelo has oh. the n- nunchucks, which are actually an illegal weapon on uh, the street. So in the cartoon, they eventually made Michelangelo use a grappling hook because nunchucks are pretty much banned in uh, the UK and the United States. Oh my god, thank you. Lee and I have had this conversation, like, multiple times. One of our uh, trivia questions in one of our podcasts was, what did the UK cut out of the octagon? And they cut out, like, two full minutes of people with nunchucks. They left in sex scenes. They left people getting shot off of buildings and dying horrible deaths. But they, they had to cut out those nunchucks. Those n- uh, and I still have no idea why that would be the weapon that would get banned versus, like, a katana, which could slice someone's, you know, yeah. limbs off, or a sigh, which could, you know, really hurt someone. But, no, the nunchucks, that's what we're going to ban. I don't get it. <laughs> the government at work. Yeah, would, you think like some government official in the UK was just like out one night and they somebody just got him, right? He's like, what are you going to shoot me? He's like, no. And this guy just pulled out some nunchucks and just whooped him so hard. Took his wallet. He went in the next day. He was just like, no more nunchucks ever. Ever. <laughs> Another was- thing. And interesting about the UK uh, cartoon is they couldn't call them the Ninja Turtles because ninjas had like a negative connotation or like were viewed as evil in the UK. So they're the Hero Turtles, and they had to redub that part of the theme song to be Hero Turtles instead of Ninja Turtles. It just sounds a little it's, when you listen to it, it sounds a little wrong. <laughs> that might be like the worst thing I've ever heard. Yes, that's it's a, that's true. You can go you can go find the Hero Turtle theme song on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure it's there. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I had this uh, this back patch on my denim jacket back in the 1980s that had a picture of uh, Eddie from Iron Maiden, and he was ready to like uh, stab Margaret Thatcher as she walked around a corner. I think there was just a lot of hatred for her because she was censoring so much stuff, especially in those times, that I, I, I don't know, Iron Maiden was particularly angry. 
Well, going back to what was said earlier about, like, the personality showing, you can also see that in the creature design. Like, each turtle just looks a little bit different so that yeah. they have some uniqueness to them. That is and I deep. thought that, that was is... really great because you they kind of lose that in, the like, the third movie where they all look the same and it's not yeah. the Jim Henson creatures and just don't ever watch that movie if you want to have a, a good day in your life. <laughs> I love the way their mouths moved. It looked terrific. Yeah, you know, it's nice because then we see the new one. I know we're not doing a comparison, but I got to say this. I have to, I have to, um... Didn't they look good? Excoriate, yeah. No, it looked absolutely terrible in the new one. I was like, this is a tragedy. The, the, you know, the, the one thing they could have paid homage to was the fact that, you know, CGI really doesn't pass the eye test and, you know, we want to see Ninja Turtles. Those kids cannot go to any event and just see the Ninja Turtles from that movie. It's not going to happen. Mm. And it's 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 a shame. They're 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 destroying the youth and thank God it's it's not my kids. And just like that second movie like we saw that cuz again like I love Ninja Turtles so much it's like okay like the trailers looked like they were trying to do something new and then I just kind of walked away from that movie so disappointed. Like the turtles didn't look much better and the story was just like I don't know what was going on in that movie like yay bebop and rocksteady finally get their big screen debut and it's like and this movie was terrible yeah i i watched it actually last night um heavily under the influence and uh what i noticed was that in the higher production values more attractive april not close but you know wasn't really close to april april the first april in the first movie is brilliant she's even got the yellow jacket i mean everything is it's right away in the first one. The second one, the story uh, starts out decent. I actually loved the Secret of the Ooze when I was a kid. But then the mm-hmm. end, midway through the story, and the midway through the second act, and then the third act, it just it gets terrible. It seems like they tried to nerf Bebop and Rocksteady, and I'm not entirely sure why they needed to bring the Shredder back after uh, Casey Jones had clearly uh, committed a first degree murder. Against yeah, he's the like, Shredder. oops, when he uh, hits he hits the uh, the yeah the dumpster. It's like. Okay, that dude's dead. You guys just totally just stole my thunder. That was my like my final comment. I loved the particularly cruel ending with the garbage compactor. Bam! <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Yeah, but he died dishonorably. It, it was pretty fantastic. You would yeah. never see that today. Like, a guy falls to his death, fans in the back of a trash truck, and somebody hits the button to go ahead and crush him to death. Like, crush him, yeah. crush him beyond death. Kids, vigilante justice is real. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. So much product placement. I mean, oh, yes. oh my God. Domino's, anyone? Yes, which was funny because like all of the promotional materials outside of the movie were sponsored by Pizza Hut. So I don't know like what the story was with that, but yeah, it was weird. Well, <laughs> I have a surprise for you. I mean, we're going to finish up here uh, with our final thoughts on this movie and any additional things we want to say. Just to anything else that uh meaningful but we're gonna do our top six we always do this uh it's six trivia questions and i will split them uh between ashley and lee and uh i think ashley will go first because that's what Lee normally does but maybe he'll switch it out because he's notorious for losing at these and he gets very sad he's a very competitive competitive man should have been an olympian uh i was gonna make a masturbation joke but uh, <laughs> i don't think that's appropriate <laughs> So uh, I hope Ashley, I hope you're getting at least what would have been said. Um, you know, Lee, your your thunder is there. 
Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Okay, well, my final thoughts. Uh, I'll just throw them out. Um, really great ending. I don't understand why my favorite character by far, Splinter, had such a hard time walking out of the place, but then he magically floated himself up to the rooftop to go ahead and dispatch uh, Mr. Shredder and knock him down into the trash compactor and everybody's happy and glowing and stuff. I just assume it's part of that magic of the 80s. Number two, my second big thought is I love any movie where people are mutated by toxic waste. Um, In real life, it's fucking terrible. In the 80s, it was a means of becoming awesome all the way from things like reanimator where you put some green juice in 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 here brought back to life to toxie and the toxic avenger and the trauma films badass there was even um a night of the living dead it was one of the later ones where i think the chick that was in it she was kind of the main character she died but she had some toxic waste on her or she hit a container of it and came back to life and was kind of zombied out it was yeah it was an effective trope it still worked. I mean, I watched this and I had no problem thinking, get in there, turtles. And now they're bigger and they're learning. Oh, and one of them didn't even watch PBS, but now he knows how to talk. You know, toxic waste is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how did they learn English? Like, that's it. Yeah, they just suddenly learned. They just started talking English. The toxic ooze, is, you know, magical properties. Yep, the stuff of God. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts for you? So again, I just love it so much. Like that, I think that all of the characters just have like you know great distinct personalities. You get to know each one of them. Like Lee said, like there's a turtle for everybody. Uh, the story is great. Uh, it's just like a fun movie that I think still holds up. And I think it's because they're using practical effects instead of going with like the you know CGI. Because especially like CGI from the early '90s, unless you spent billions of dollars on it would not hold up and this movie's budget was very limited for being an independent movie it was only made for like 13 and a half million and it just it killed it at the box office people didn't know like what gold they had on their hands they were afraid of this project because oh comic book movies like those don't usually do well ninja turtles like what is that that's weird like that's not going to sell any tickets and it just kind of it just it blew everyone's expectations out of the water so it's just a it's overall just a great movie it's fun and i think it's the best ninja turtles movie that we still have to this date nothing can top it yeah uh best ninja turtles movie uh that's that's a scientific fact um otherwise i would say i would i would actually like to be able to at some point maybe when the winter snows hit and it's uh, it's I'm more stuck inside. I'd like to be able to do like a like an all the Ninja Turtles movie podcast because this this I mean I was really like energized two about and this. three of the actual films and then like some cartoons or like them no, as two, a whole. the two the two films plus the two terrible ones. I okay, mean, just like oh I didn't know I thought there was a three. There is a three. They go back in time. It's terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Unless yeah, you have to, just wait. Wait on that one. Yeah, right. that's that's the one that you that you watch when you're like three quarters of a bottle of whiskey in, <laughs> so you don't you. remember it. Um, and then uh, other thing I was gonna say was that I not only is this like really fun, but I think there's there's just something about the way they made this movie that they got to get back to. I mean, I get it that that profits, 
our key. Hey, but you know, the money is always going to be there in a zero interest rate um, atmosphere. They're all, you know, you're always going to get investors. If Sony, if anybody's taught us that, it's Sony Pictures. So um, you know, you you can afford to let people make our movies that they're passionate about, like Deadpool. I you know? was just going to say, God bless Deadpool, huh? It's the one paradigm example of the movie nobody wanted to make it somebody insisted they make it uh, in a very funny way and then getting a lot of people behind it and it changed everything right and that could happen again uh, let's pray to god and then we'll have something awesome like these original visionary movies right yeah and and taking a risk you know um i i mean nobody likes anything that's been um uh, work grouped or pulled to death. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it just ruins, uh, it just ruins the beauty of it. You know, I mean, it, it, nobody, I mean, math is good because it enables me to drive my car, you know, or, uh, you know, all that good stuff. But math should not be the guiding light to everything. Metrics shouldn't be the guiding light to everything. It confines the universe, but it doesn't confine your soul. There we go. <laughs> Nothing good comes from a movie that's made by committee. I mean, I think we've seen that uh, with the summer box office that we're kind of, you know, coming down from. I mean, you just, you, when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, it just it just ruins the whole process. And you you get things like X-Men Apocalypse and all the other, you know, summer bl- supposed to be blockbusters that they haven't reached like what they would have if they came out in years past. Exactly. And I was going to say, imagine what Transformers would have done if there were more movies like Deadpool and, uh, you know, Predator around or, you know, Ninja Turtles, the original Ninja Turtles. I mean, these movies would have killed the marketplace for something so terrible as the as Michael Bay and anything, insert any title. I'm not against a stupid movie where cars transform into robots. They did it, though, and I watched the first one and I never, ever want to see it again now. And they're making a fifth one. Yeah, and maybe that's the problem. It is, it's not anything else that we're talking about. It's that people keep consuming it, so they're just going to keep doing it. Except for, I think, this summer with the way things have gone, like like trying to release a blockbuster movie every week, and them all pretty much underperforming, except for a select few films, I'm really hoping that people will take a lesson from this summer and go, okay, we need to like work on our game, but also, you know, you... The whole myth of the blockbuster summer, I think, is, you know, like, that's something that's probably dying out. And, you know, they're going to have to start spreading these movies around a little more. Because if you look at the original release date of this Ninja Turtles that we're talking about, it was released in March. And, like, I think literally made its entire budget in, like, the opening weekend because it was made for so little money. I mean, like, movies can do well outside of the summer season. Yeah, I think it made like 135 million, which was like a trillion dollars in 1990s money. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's got a point. And uh, I do think that we, as a as a people, have this tendency to, oh my God, let's like let's get Easter going in January, and you know, let's get uh, Halloween started in August, and we want these these predictable seasonal things that everyone can count on, and that's the summer movie. But I agree completely. No way, it's dumb. <laughs> Did you guys eat pizza while you watched this? Because I ate pizza. While I, I wanted to, but I I did not. I literally like got home from work and was like, "Where is Ninja Turtles? I have to watch Ninja Turtles right now." <laughs> but believe me, it, it, the thought had crossed my mind. <laughs> I did have a slice of 
my child's pizza. She's still she's still upset about it. <laughs> All right, guys, it is time for the top six. All right, so I uh, put together some trivia questions. This one was kind of hard. Um, the trivia is interesting, but it's not a lot of Q and A. I need the Q and A in order to um, laugh really heartily when Lee fails at the end. <laughs> he doesn't get any of his three, and you get three. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Don't be, don't think I will get them right. I'm really bad at trivia. Well, what's interesting is one of them I almost had was what other uh, pizza company was um, kind of slighted oh, by yeah. the Domino's thing, and they went hardcore at movie release. I fortunately I always have seven of the top six just in case oh. that happens. Totally <laughs> did. You would have won. In fact. Um, Okay, good. Yeah, no, I got it. I I have really bad questions. These are going to be freaking terrible. So um, thank you to our listeners for putting up with my top six uh, every week. Who wants to start? Who gets number uh, one? The guest. The guest. Always the guest. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'll take one for the, this little team we have. And let me look. Okay, so that's that one. And then number two is going to be Lee. I don't know who would do these better. So, yeah, let's just go for it. So what other comic book movie was meant to be lampooned at the beginning of the movie by Raphael. So he comes out and he's looking up and he makes fun of critters, right? Yes. They had this idea to make fun of something else. Do you have any idea what it was? Yes, I do, because I like to, I'm the fact checker on my show, so I know <laughs> I look things up. And he was going to make fun of Batman. Yes. Uh, he was going to say, cool car, lame costume. Yeah, close enough. Cool car, stupid costume. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's badass. All right. That's one to zero. I know, Lee, you haven't even had a chance. I'll get all the other ones wrong. It'll be fun. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a chance yet, but I have to say one to zero. Okay, <laughs> okay Lee, number two. Um, after its release, the movie was crowned the highest grossing indie film in history. Uh, what indie film? And I'll, I'm giving you a really good hint here. It's a Hindi okay. film. That, this is for Lee. Do not speak up, Ashley. Okay, I will be quiet. All right. What indie film, uh, it's famous for rebooting the dying careers of actors, took away their crown a couple years later? Hmm. So, 1990, so it'd be like 92-ish, and it would be I, I, If you want to pause, I'll give you a real date on it. Okay. In 1994. So, gosh, this kept the crown for four years of the highest grossing Indie film, indie film of all and time. Rebooted in, careers in, in, in ninety four. A career rebooting movie came out, an indie film, um, really revolutionary. And that's all I'm giving you. I'm gonna say this is probably really wrong, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I think because it's not indie. I think it's New Line Cinema or something like that. And it might be a little bit too early. I think it is. I think it came out in ninety eight. Yeah, it, it did because I remember I was talking about how Face Off is a better <laughs> You're movie. You're so screwed. I know. I'm like, I have like no. I, I wish I was drinking right now. Um, I'm at, I'm in a '94. I'm an indie indie movie that rebooted careers. Careers. Yeah. Yeah. What career would need to be rebooted in 1994 that shouldn't have been just? I'm gonna say, you know, I I have no idea. So I'm gonna say I'm just gonna whiff on it and say Independence Day or something like that. That's. that's... Do you want to go ahead and steal it, Ashley? Yes, I think I know. I think finally from the hints, and then when you said the year, are you talking about Pulp Fiction? Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Oh, man. At first I wasn't sure, but when you gave the year, I'm like, wait a minute. I think think Sam Jackson needed a career reboot? No, you know who did. 
Bruce nope, Willis? Anybody wants to throw... Yeah, the, the rebooted career was uh, Mr. John Travolta, at the very oh, least. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah, his, his life had gone... He had, had, he'd been done like those Look Who's Talking movies, and his career was on a downswing, so yeah. yeah. But he did Devin. Face Off in 98, so I mean, he's... Yeah, <laughs> four years later, right. Yeah, but I mean, he would have done it anyway. He's awesome. No, he wouldn't have. That's the point. I, I mean... Urban Cowboy? Urban Cowboy? Urban Cowboy was filmed in my town. Dallas? No, uh, it's actually filmed in uh, the Pasadena area. Oh. That's where it's set. Ah. Yeah, but he—they all admit it um, that that was he was at the lowest point of his life. He was not getting any roles, and he played the coolest motherfucker. I should have thought, and, yeah. uh, you know, or I, if you'd have said Tarantino, I think I would have said Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and Michael Madsen. But yeah, I don't know. I will hate you forever now. Go, I don't going. know if I'm gonna truly let you have the steal, Ashley. I'm she can have it. Okay. No, no, we don't do that. We don't do the steal. It's one to one. So so far, it's one to zero. One to zero. Yeah. But yes, it was Pulp Fiction, um, 1994, and um, yeah, cool. All right, number three. This one goes to Ashley. All right. Which main character was pissed when the movie came came out, saying it had lost its soul in pre-production? Of the main characters. Of the main characters. Ninja Turtles. Oh, it had lost its soul. So, like, when you mean main characters, is that only the turtles? Or, no. like, does that include... Okay, so that includes That's the humans? turtles and... Yeah, you know, there's, like, eight main characters. This is a really hard question. You just enjoy yeah. it. Just picture which one of them might have been, uh, like... I don't know. I actually... Oh, I, no I think idea. I know. I have no idea how to take it. Um... I... Let's see. Well, the only one that didn't return for the second movie was the lady that played April. Uh, was her name Paige? I uh, can't remember her last name. You but have yeah, it she... right. Her name was Judith Hogue. Oh, sorry. Paige is the, from the other one. Yes. Yeah, she was really pissed off. Lost its soul. That's two to zero. That is, that is bad. <laughs> Lost its soul. Like, what the heck? And that was well, really I good mean, logic on your point. I think uh, this is yeah. truly a competitive uh, show. That would have been my guess, too, because, like, you, I mean, she looked just like April from the cartoon. I mean, yeah. she even had the yellow jacket. I mean, she she nailed it. You could not, I mean, there was no other true-to-life representation outside of the Turtles that came to life like April, the first one. Nice. I liked her. I thought her character was a lot of fun. Uh, I love the 80s style and... Yeah, so I can't even imagine you went to number two and they, she was replaced by, well, wasn't replaced. She'd quit, right? She was like, nope, doing something else. All right, number four. This one's for Lee. Um, I can't say I would call this one easy. Um, it was one, I was kind of running out of stuff, so I just started looking up other stuff. The director of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right about now, right after I said something like that, Lee might have been, um, might have been pushed to interject this is when uh, Ghost becomes a real jerk. But, yeah. Direct- yeah, I was thinking that. Go yeah, ahead. I know, I know. Director Steve Barron, he, he directed this. Uh, he followed this up with a popular movie about aliens about three years after this movie. Do you have any guess who what, what movie that was? I have one little hint if you don't just get it. But it's In not... In 93? Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's not a... It's, not a, it's a great hint, actually, so... Uh, I don't want the hint. I don't want to be. I don't like it when you nerf it. It's not nerfing it too much. I'm not going to um, like say it sounds 93. like three. My Flander or Mars something. Attacks. That was not ninety three. Um, so your your uh. hint is it was a SNL uh, spinoff movie. 
Oh, cone hats. Ah, uh, see, you got it. Uh, now, do yeah, you want? I, I, no, no, no. You I, I do. I don't dishonor myself with with uh, with the nerfing. I don't, I do don't that. know. I don't. I'll ask Ashley. Do you think that question? Should no, have don't, been, don't, no, don't, don't ask her. That Ashley, doesn't help. Do you think that doesn't should, make me any happier? Do you think it should have <laughs> included that this was from an SNL like spinoff? I mean, that get, that's a huge hint. Yeah, so. that's, yeah. A, that's okay. way too obvious. You've, There's you've, only like a handful of SNL <laughs> okay. movies. It's two. That's the only one that involves aliens. <laughs> aliens so yeah, yeah, it's like a it's a major hint. And unless you just were not aware of anything from the SNL era, you know, like early eras, then yeah. th- you, that wouldn't help you. But that's fantastic. All right, so that's two to zero. <laughs> He's just—he's just loving it. He's just—he's gonna go. He's gonna go touch himself to some candles later on. Listen, oh, oh Lord! Oh my God! Okay, so um, thanks, guys. Uh, number five. This one goes to Ashley. What do you imagine ninjas ate all the time? You know, they ate pizza in this movie, but real ninjas. There's like there's like a historical fact that they actually ate a particular thing all the time. Uh, it was something. It was like an easy travel food. Uh, what do you think it was? Oh man, I have no clue what that would be. Um, oh man, I don't think it would be like granola bars. I don't think they invented those back in uh, feudal Japan. Well, I will go ahead and let uh, I'll let Lee be the judge of this one since he's your competitor here. When traveling ninjas, um, when ninjas traveled, excuse me, they exclusively feasted on something called a katayaki which is a, a mushroom which is a dense calorie filled cookie uh i thought it would be like a mushroom or something i was like that's awesome the original mre would be I, it was it was an original mre so what do you think does that go close enough to granola bar or do you give her no a, no, no that no, doesn't no. count all right no, no. no. you lost you it. don't get cookies and granola bars are two different it's things. that's cool because i had no clue that was just a you're, wild you're still, guess no it was really good. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you any mercy <laughs> There's no mercy in this dojo. Yeah. No, mercy. no mercy. Gentility has no place here. Sweep, <laughs> sweep the leg. Yeah. All right. Final question. Um, Ashley's already won, but we're just uh, fulfilling my top six. And this one is for Lee. The largest turtle is what? It can weigh over 900 kilograms. Those are um, 2,000 pounds to us. I'm going to say sea turtle. Uh, I don't have what kind of turtle this is, but it's called a leatherback. Oh, it's a leatherback sea turtle. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right. You got one. Ashley got mm. two. Um, sorry, Lee. My streak continues. Yes, yes. Can we, I wish <laughs> I could I put in a laugh track maybe, but instead, uh, nice job, Ashley. Thank that you. Was, those are your hands, right? But I'm bum bum. You know, were, you should you record for after the song. You thought I was banging my head against the wall? Yeah. Okay. Yes, your head. Yes, um, I was gonna say uh, you know you should put in the recording at the end after the track after the music. Yeah, is me and Ashley should announce what our favorite turtle is after you go on three, because that's okay. It's really important. It divides. It's more important than politics, religion, really race. Okay, one, two, go. Leonardo. Donatello. Oh, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> okay yeah. Leonardo versus Donatello. Who's gonna win? Uh, I think we already found out. Oh, yeah, I guess. But the- Donat- Donatello's dead. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah, you told me. The, that. Is that in the comic universe? It's, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady kill Donatello this year. Yeah. That's- it's 
So now you have to find a new Ninja Turtle. All right. Well, if uh, my, my second favorite one would then be Leonardo. So. My, my favorite was Leonardo. My second favorite was Donatello. And you could always tell who the kid was by who their favorite Ninja Turtle was. You know? Well, you the, know which one would the, mine be? Uh, yours would be uh, the rat splinter because well, obviously. I said, you nin- are not no, ninja a ninja turtle, turtle. you cannot the the ninja turtle that you would be would probably be uh i would say either Raphael or michelangelo as a kid because well, you're definitely not a leonardo kid it would need it would need the guitar you're never, because i need no i mean I, you're not a Leon, you're not you're not a, you're not one of us okay you might right, be right. And listen i'll actually take that as a comment because i saw way more that i liked about Splinter than I did by any, about any turtle. I mean, well, on. you can't. I feel like you you are, as the kids say today, appropriating my culture from, <laughs> from the Ninja Turtles because yeah. that's mine, and only kids can have it now. Your your daughter would be. I think your daughter would be like a. That's it. A, uh, there are, there are so many tattoo artists up here in Seattle and in Portland. I'm going to go get your favorite turtle tattooed where the sun doesn't shine, and then I'll take a picture and send it to you, and you can hug that when you go to sleep at night. How do you like that, Lee? Have you been reading my journal again? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. This was a ton of fun. Um, Again, a great movie. Um, I think it does, uh, you know, I love the the Bushido, the samurai, and the ninjas. And and we had ninjas, and we had katanas. We had all my favorite stuff. Turtles, I could always take them or leave them, but I thought that was fun as hell. Um, Ashley, you already... You already mentioned that uh, you are. Um, you mentioned where people can find you. I will put a link to you in all of the promotional stuff here. Uh, anything else you wanted to say? Uh, if you guys uh, like what I had to say about Ninja Turtles and want to see all my other random thoughts about movies and pop culture, you can follow me on Twitter at that underscore Mrs. Davis. I tweet about movies and lots of stuff, so you know, have fun time with me there. And I also, on the Tough channel, have a brand new show that I'm doing with my husband called uh, BFF, where we uh, review movies because of the fan friction show. So, like, anything that we haven't seen for fact-checking, we review it. Uh, Our first episode is already up. It's over When Harry Met Sally. And our second episode is coming out uh, very soon. Uh, Depending on when this airs, it might already be out. It's over Dr. Strangelove. So, check it out. It's real fun. Very nice. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Lee, uh, as uh, as anyone knows where to find you, it's, it's easy. Do you have anything uh, else that you'd like to say for yourself this evening, young man? Can I go get drunk now? Yeah, you could. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm drowning here. Come on, man. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm just going to apologize to the audience. I, I, I failed you. I would commit the dude whatever se- they say dude, in japanese seppuku go do it right now seppuku. all right thanks yeah. everyone bye